0: trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors good morning everybody it's monday november 20th 527 a.m central time mixed trade in the grain markets this morning december corn futures up one and a quarter at 468 and a quarter january soybeans up six and a quarter at 1346 and a half December Chicago wheat down two and a half at 548 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat down three and three quarters at 614 and a quarter. December spring wheat down four and a half at 711. They had an election in Argentina yesterday.
1: So Argentina elected a new president on Sunday. President-elect Javier Malay is a libertarian and political outsider, according to most news outlets. He has promised a broad economic overhaul of the country, which has dealt with massive inflation and mounting poverty after years of populist politics. Argentina's agricultural sector, which has been burdened by high taxes and restrictive policies, appears to be happy with the result.
0: Uh, Super cool sideburns on this dude, first off. Um, So he's depending on which uh, publication you'd like to read. And as you know, you guys, you got to take mainstream media with a grain of salt. He's um, a political outsider. He's a right wing extremist. He's radical. Um, There's a lot of like drain the swamp type analogies out there as it relates to this guy. The agricultural sector is happy about this. Reuters had a nice write-up, and they've got some quotes from a few of the groups. The Argentine Rural Society said this is a great opportunity that's opened up to work together to make radical change to current policies. Another group said we are at the beginning of a new stage, which we hope will bring well-being to all Argentines. The uh, Argentine Rural Confederations called for Milay to work with the farm sector and demanded tax deregulation. So the farm sector in Argentina has been impacted a lot by uh, restrictive or or overbearing government policies, a high tax environment. But um, let me tell you this. I think people thought that this was like bearish the soybean market because beans opened sharply lower last night. And I think this may have had something to do with it. I'm here to tell you that this is not bearish the soybean market short term. Sure. Maybe over the next two or three years, There are some policy changes that stimulate agricultural production or exports or something along those lines. But right here and right now, the fact of the matter is that Argentina is out of soybeans. They've got no soybeans to crush. They're planting crops right now. This election has no bearing on the market short term. Big picture, uh, sure, maybe, but short term, no, absolutely not.
1: Hot and dry weather conditions are forcing Brazilian farmers to ditch their poor soybean crops and instead plant cotton or an alternative crop. Mato Grosso's total cotton area is expected to rise by 8% this season. The region could potentially see a 20% reduction in soybean production according to a farmer in the region. According to Brazilian consulting group Patria, Brazilian farmers have planted 69% of this season's soybean crop down from 80% last year at the same time.
0: I'm probably not on board with the idea that Mato Grosso is going to see a 20% reduction in soybean production. Or, or I just I think it's too early to make that call. But uh, in any case, that's what's floating out there. I mean, I'm not going to argue mm-hmm. with it a whole lot, but it's it's pretty early looking at the weather. So we do have some rain on the radar here this morning that's going to move across Brazil, and this is going to continue for three, four, five days through like Saturday. And if you look at the the total amounts that are projected. It's some decent stuff. You'll see an inch up to two inches. There are some question marks after uh, this week, say Friday, Saturday. Next week is not going to be as wet. It's going to be a little bit drier. They're going to need to see additional rain. This one system in, in a vacuum is not going to do it. So I read the Brazilian weather as being... I'd probably call it neutral-ish today. I mean, beans are up six cents this morning. Um, That's not a big move. That's a nothing move in the soybean market. So I don't see this as being a big deal one way or the other uh, here to start off the week.
1: So if you guys are not subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to check it out. Joe, can you tell me about some videos you put together last week?
0: I made a, a comment on this podcast. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I said something along the lines of, 99% 99% of you guys have no business speculating in commodity markets. And I uh, stand by that comment. And following that comment, uh, one of my longtime brokerage customers offered to uh, come on the uh, the premium video and chat with me about that comment and uh, kind of confirmed a lot of the stuff that, that I said, kind of agreed with a lot of the ideas that I had, and also had a lot of thoughts um, as it relates to grain marketing, your brokerage account. Best practices, that sort of stuff. I'm told by a lot of uh, people that watched it that this is like a must watch video. Also, last week, uh, Jim Uriel was on Friday. We did Macro Friday. How can I hedge interest rates? Mackenzie, we've talked to you on the show about how uh, everybody thinks rates are going to be cut next year, right?
1: Mm-hmm, right. Has,
0: has consensus ever been wrong before?
1: A uh, few times.
0: Yes, very often consensus <laughs> is wrong. So I, I know a lot of you guys in the back of your head, especially uh, you. Uh, Old, more experienced uh, farmers, you guys have the 1980s in your head and you think uh, what in the back of your head, what if we head to the, toward the 1980s? Uh, we talked about how you can hedge interest rates, which is probably not a popular thing to do right now because everybody thinks they're going to cut rates. The Fed's going to cut, you know, March, April, May next year. But what if that's not the case? That was one of the many things we talked about with Jim on Friday. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com, sign up this morning, This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. Remember, guys, the premium subs are the only thing that allow us to do this every day. The podcast pays us nothing. YouTube pays us enough to keep the lights on. Uh, The support from the premium subs is is what keeps us going. Uh, Check this deal out this morning. I'll forward you a copy of this morning's email. It's got our six most recent premium videos along with a ton of other stuff. Give that a shot today.
1: Another vessel has been damaged in the Black Sea. Last week, an explosion damaged a ship hired by Cargill while it was navigating Ukraine's temporary grain corridor. According to a person familiar with the matter, the explosion did not originate on board the vessel. The ship, which was transporting wheat, was not severely damaged. Days prior to the incident, a Russian missile struck another vessel in the Black Sea.
0: I think this was like a mine or something, but in any case, the wheat market goes wild, right? No, it didn't. Uh, We're down this morning. Kansas City wheat futures are posting new lows like as I speak here. So uh, the the wheat market, the corn market appear to be immune to all this, and they're still shipping uh, grain out of the Black Sea at at a greatly reduced pace from Ukraine but uh, the market just doesn't seem to care, which I guess in itself is interesting.
1: Large money managers slightly reduced their net short position in the corn market last week. During the week ending November 14th, the funds were net buyers of 1,000 contracts of corn, the funds were net buyers of 23,000 contracts of soybeans, and they were net buyers of 3,000 contracts of uh, uh, contracts of SRW wheat for the week, excuse me.
0: So they've got the soybean long at 95,000 as of last Tuesday. That's probably been reduced by quite a bit given the sell-off we saw late last week. But uh, large money managers very much sticking to their guns with the short positions in corn and SRW wheat. The big carries in the market are in a, are a, are, fi- are favorable to them in terms of that trade. Soybeans, yeah, they're going to have to roll into some carry, which um, is not, the most, not my favorite thing to do in the world. But I guess the funds still see a story here. But again, that 95,000 has probably been reduced quite a bit.
1: Investors have turned away from environmental, social, and corporate governance. When ESG was first introduced, investors poured billions of dollars into into sustainable investing. Investment firms are now transitioning away from ESG due to tightened regulatory oversight and higher interest rates. Higher rates have a significant impact on clean energy, such as solar panels and wind turbines, because of the upfront costs. ESG is also facing backlash the political spectrum as critics claim ESG requirements have been forced on some companies. Investors have withdrawn more than 14 billion dollars from sustainable funds this year.
0: So ESG investing is like you invest in a company because you you believe in what it does or you like their social stuff, not because they make money. And if here's a chart that the journal had. So the NASDAQ's up like 25% on the year. I think this is an old chart. There. It's etched up more than that. S&P's up 15, 20% on the year. And the iShares Global Clean Energy ETF is down... Like 35% on the year, so I don't, I don't know if I buy the idea that uh, Queen Tech is very rate sensitive. Like everything is rate sensitive. I mean, everybody's sensitive to interest rates, and they just can't make money. So this is wind. This is solar. I think this probably. Um, Means something to a lot of you guys if they're trying to put more solar panels up in your neighborhood, <clears throat> more wind turbines, whatever. Uh, this thing is not going well for those who bought into it.
1: So, we had a Catalan feed report come out on Friday. Catalan feed as of November 1st were reported at 102% of year ago levels. That was basically steady with the forecasted 101.9%. Placements in October were reported at 104% of year ago levels, which was luckily lower than the expectation of 106 point one percent marketing's last month were 97 percent of year ago levels marginally lower than the anticipated 98 percent. overall the report is considered neutral to bullish considering that placements came in below expectations
0: mart they always miss the placements i don't i don't know if i'd say bullish i'd probably say neutralish um here's a cattle chart a weekly chart just to give you some perspective i know it's been nasty as of late but this goes back to the COVID low in 2020 this is a weekly continuation chart I mean it still looks like a bull market to me i know we're in a nasty correction here but um big picture when you really peel this thing back the market's still awfully strong and these even in even in the strongest of bull markets and i'm not saying we're going higher again but even in the strongest of bull markets these corrections are healthy and necessary. Was there much cash cattle trade last week?
1: Uh, There was, and it was disappointing. Uh, So down in, up in the north, excuse me, we saw trade at 178, which was two to $3 lower compared to the previous week. And down in the south, trade was also around 178, which was also $2 lower. Box beef real quick choice ended the week at 293 87 that was down almost seven dollars for the week select ended friday at 270 70 that was down 320 that was up 328 uh for the week
0: outside markets uh, fairly unexciting us dollars off a little bit stocks are flat bonds off a little bit crude oil is up a dollar 18 in the january wti 77.22. have a great day guys we'll talk to you on tuesday